Welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. It's our Christmas special. Mm. AH has gone out to hang some decorations on the tree, Rose. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> why? Because we've got some cricketers in the studio and on the line, ah. and she says she's not prepared to talk to anyone who hasn't represented at an elite level. Right. That makes sense. And if there's one thing I'm absolutely certain about, it's that the great cricketer where you get three for the price of one, have never represented at the elite level. That's true. Shall we introduce them and then we'll talk about who they are, what they do, why they're here. I have in the studio to my immediate right, Ian Higgins. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Very well indeed. Dave Edwards, how are you doing? Chris, well. Rose, I'm very well. You guys look great for this early in the morning. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's the <laughs> foundation that I'm wearing. I haven't been home yet. Triple, triple shot lattes <laughs> all around have done really well. Uh, surely, Sam, you're not going to make it three out of three. Where are you and how are you? Sam Perry. Uh, g'day, Chris. G'day, Rose. Yeah, I'm in, um, I'm in London and I certainly don't look good. I haven't seen sun for weeks. So, um, uh, so he looks like nev- me. Nevertheless, we'll, we'll plough on. It's, it's really <laughs> yeah. nice of you to stay up so late if I think I'm getting my timing right. Yeah. Now, the three of you no, correct, are the yeah. great cricketer, correct? Correct. Accurate. Yeah. Now, the great cricketer began maybe two, three years ago as a Twitter feed. Am I right in mm. suggesting that? Or it's probably closer to five years, Is actually. that right? Which is frightening wow. uh, flies, that huh? we've been tweeting things for five years mm. about cricket. Right. Mm. Yeah, that, uh, probably 2012, 13, I'd say. Right. So I hear, uh, well, I've got a tweet in front of me that says, remember, if you play a higher grade than someone, you're a better person than them. <laughs> that seems to be your philosophy. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the great cricketer and what's behind it and how it began as a Twitter feed. Um, well, I think, yeah, I think Dave's right. It has been that long, which is startling, but, um, that tweet basically sums the whole thing up and that political, uh, sport, uh, cricket rather is very political yeah. game more so than any other, because you have these like long stretches where you're on the field alone with, within your own thoughts and you just keep thinking about how others actions affect yours because you can be very successful in cricket, especially grade cricket, amateur cricket around the country by being very poor at the sport, but you can succeed if others fail. So it's really, it's a zero, it's a zero sum game. Sounds a lot like radio, Chris. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> That's how we got here. Constantly death writing. You, you're actually not looking well. You should probably take some time off, mate. I'll cover for you. It'll be, <laughs> yeah, no worries. It'll be fine. Uh, and it's, it's great to hear that you were um, trundling along in relative obscurity for about three years because it's gone a bit stratospheric over the last couple of years. You've published a couple of books. Uh, the new one is out, which is called Tea and No Sympathy. I just want to say a bit of a hello there to Bill Woods, uh, who was on your channel, Fox Sports, where you guys have right. the Great Cricketer yes. podcast, and yes. uh, and Bill and Boz were doing a little bit of introduction, and they just he kept missing the no, didn't he? It's not actually the first time that's happened. Yeah, that's right. I was lucky enough to go on the show and speak to um, cricket fanatic Mark Bosnich and Bill Woods, and uh, and <laughs> that's not fair, but also true. And and they kept saying tea and sympathy, which is the name of a wonderful Bernard Fanning, Fanning album. But um, so Bernard Banning in this Fer- room, Bernard mm. Banning, um, <laughs> and actually a nineteen fifties movie yeah. about a man who's trying to find himself. So that's actually where the the derivation mm. or the genesis of the tea and no sympathy mm. play on words comes from. Right. Just a man trying to find himself in nineteen fifties. Technicolor. Mm. <laughs> I'm loving how per- Sam His Perry's. Dad didn't like him either. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm loving Sam Perry just on the other side of the world, just going, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's start- hey, speaking of Bernard Fanning, I'm so um, shallow that I actually ended up sitting behind him at the Lord's Test in 2005. Yeah. And I go, can I get you a drink, Bernard? Yeah. Pims. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I'll take Pims, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> so you, you're doing the Twitter feed and what then 
inspired you to write a book, which came out towards the end of last year called The Great Cricketer, unsurprisingly. Very consistent branding. <laughs> podcast, The Great Cricketer Podcast. You're really onto something here. What was the inspiration for the book? Sam, did you, you probably, you're not literary at all, was the other guys? That... <laughs> <laughs> I think we were just bored of trying to sum up the uh, inherent darkness of cricket in 140 characters, and we wanted to just expand that because it, it is a very deep darkness. Mm. That, uh, and, and anyone who plays club sport, I think, will understand this. I mean, you're talking about uh, a character who's kind of like a an everyman in sport. We we think you know he or she, depending on how you want to look at it, um, can kind of you know transcend cricket itself. But uh, you know th- we're talking about a, a person whose you know dreams realistically died twenty years ago, and um, they're still trying to keep them alive. So we just wanted to expand upon that in book form, and um, yeah, that's why we released the great cricketer, uh, the first book, and um, then we just wanted more attention, so we did this one. Mm. Again, I've got to say, Chris, I'm relating to this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. career for 20 years. Yeah, a promising, a promising DJ now toiling around the RSL circuit as you do. <laughs> I must say the one that I always quote when I'm explaining to people about you guys, and you're certainly becoming more high profile. I mean, once you get quoted by Andrew Webster yeah. in an article mm. about the um, interview that James Sutherland gave on your podcast about the death <laughs> of Test cricket, I mean, <laughs> you're getting somewhere. Yeah, made it. I've always said that. But the, but the one that it always strikes me it was around the time of the last Ashes test in England. I think you tweeted something like, uh, the Ashes test starts tonight. Three of the guys I went through juniors with are playing. I'm booked in for a colonoscopy. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell you how many levels that speaks to me yeah. personally. <laughs> I mean, like, between the three of us... This is the problem, Chris. I mean, like, uh, sorry, we've got obviously a massive UK delay here. Apologies. But, um, th- you know, this is the thing about cricket. Like, you can tweet that and say that, you know, I'm booked in for a colonoscopy, but everyone else in your outside circle will still think you're the cricketer yes, as right. well. So, you know, yeah. we, we try and sort of highlight an element of truth that's not really spoken in cricket because no man speak, you know, men don't talk. So uh, <laughs> I think that's part of the reason Twitter account works is that, um, you know, there's a lot of ambition in cricket that's not expressed. So trying to give a voice to the actual yeah, death of these dreams is um, probably part of the charm uh, or darkness for many people. I think that's right, Pez. And also, you know, that tweet and you know any story which relates to you being dominated by, you know, a now international cricketer mm. also suggests that you were once good mm. enough at some stage in your, your life to have at least played at the level... <laughs> Yeah. these people. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's actually you know, lifting yourself up while, you know, foe bringing yourself down, if that makes well, sense. I, I play star mm. of the Triple M Ashes coverage this season. Kerry O'Keefe, I played him in Sydney and Suburban and got him out twice. Yeah. So Perfect I, there, yeah. I had two, te- I yeah, had yeah. two test wickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am, am I wrong? But yes, when he yes, sees you, you in the wrong. Triple M studios, he doesn't even give you eye contact. And when yeah. he shakes your hand, he just looks past your shoulder because that's what better people at cricket do yeah. the others. I tell you what, he batted at the same speed when he had to open in the centenary test after McCosker got hit in the jaw. It was glacial, you know, and it's a 35 overs game. I don't know. I like that theory though, Chris. Going by that, I once picked a fight with Anthony Mundine. I'm 0-1 in boxing matches. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and as we said, AH isn't here because you, none of you guys did play at an elite level. I'm yeah. correct in saying that. Unfortunately, she's no. very picky. But yeah. I'm right in saying that the elite level cricketers, the international players, the first class players, many of them are disciples of the great cricketer. That's right, uh, Chris. We do occasionally get to interact with professional cricketers, even test cricketers sometimes, and just interacting with them feels wow. good. But mm. sometimes they'll drop into our Twitter mm. DMs <laughs> and, uh, and ask us, you know, mate, do you want to put this tweet out there, put it out to the Twitter sphere? I can't do it because I'm so high profile and really? it'll damage my brand. Mm. Huh. But the great cricketer can do it because you guys are three blokes from the internet right. and it doesn't matter what damage you do to your own reputation. So <laughs> You're like a reverse ghostwriter. Yeah, 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 it's exactly like what that, we are. Though. They, they can use you guys to vicariously... 
Yeah. Insult the industry they love. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah. great. We I are like... the conduit to every dark dream they've ever had. Do you, do you green light, <laughs> do you green light Sam, any of the content these guys send or you just sort of, you know, uh, just pass on it? It's a I green think, light. Yeah, it, it... Yeah, it, it, it depends who it is. Uh, you do get a lot of people who um, come and tweet you uh, jokes that actually aren't funny. They might be very good at cricket, but they can't put the joke together <laughs> very well. That, but yeah. because they're better at cricket than you, they think that it's an easy thing to do. Um... So you know, not everything gets green-lighted, and you do really want to write back stick to cricket champ. But you don't <laughs> because it's a high-profile player that um, you know that you feel wonderful because they're talking to you. Wasn't that Colonoscopy tweet? Wasn't that a Steve Orr tweet? <laughs> that's what the red rag was for. Yeah, was was that him? Was that Steve? Yeah. That Tugger? That was, that was Tugger sliding into our DM. <laughs> Tuggeroscopy. Uh... I think I think Roy and actually continued to talk about the manly Warringah Sea Eagles as the human face of bowel cancer, and, and it, it's great to see that. Yeah. No laughing the International cricketers and former Australian captains are doing their bit for uh, awareness in that area. The first book came out to can I dare say essentially glowing reveal, reviews. Thomas Keneally, Australian icon, called it the greatest sports book since Fever Pitch, the Nick Hornby book. That must have been a nice response. Oh, it was it was frighteningly uh, earnest of Thomas to come out and say that, and it shocked us because mm. the guy, you know, the guy behind Schindler's Ark turned mm. into Schindler's List, the, the greatest one of the greatest films of our time about mm. you know Nazi Germany and such, talking mm. about great cricket, mm. you know, in yeah. such glowing terms was phenomenal. Similar um, cultures, of course. It was Stop funny actually that, that it was it was quite interesting because we uh we reached out to a lot of people for quotes for the first book, and we got such a breadth of uh, yes. people from. Thomas Keneally at the higher end to Fitzy from uh, Nova 96.9 They're on the back cover, you know, giving a quote about the grey cricketer. Excuse so I think me, it's we... Fitzy from Big Brother. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Don't you forget it. And six AFL games for Sydney. But I guess that um, that might be the charm of the grey cricketer and it does, it does cover, you know, the vast spectrum of intellects. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, I'd rather a good review from Fitzy than Peter Fitzsimons because... Yep. I wait to see what yeah. Peter Fitzsimons writes and take an opposite view. So I am all over the stadium, <laughs> yeah. stadium funding. I mean, I can't wait. Build the stadiums. Wait. That's what we say. Yeah, Build the lines. stadiums. <laughs> Yet, uh, Sam, on the coverage, you choose to run uh, repeatedly, I notice, on your podcast, the audio of a New Zealand book reviewer who didn't talk about the great cricketer in <laughs> yeah. such glowing terms. What was going on there? Well, yeah, that's right. Like, we've, we've sort of had 99% uh, positive reviews, but of course you focus on the one that doesn't mm, um, go so well. And uh, um, his name is Harry Broad. Harry, mm. if you're listening, hello. And uh, he was asked for his his view on the book. Um, clearly, yeah, I, I've gotten over it, but uh, his view was... Um, he was asked, what, how does it rank in terms of literature? And he answered, well, it doesn't... Uh, it's, it's not literature at all. Wow. <laughs> so um, yeah. he doesn't even uh, quali- qualify as text in his view. So, you know, like we said, broad range of, uh, of views. Let's, right. fa- let's face it, it's a tough week for the Broad family, really, isn't it? Was it none for 130? Or something like that. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the second book in a moment, but one of the things that you are really, and I'm assuming these terms are in the Australian version of the Macquarie Dictionary soon, if not already. Yes. And it would be great for the audience or the listeners to hear about some of the terms, one of which Rose has already brought up. Maybe each of you can explain the meaning concisely of one of these terms and i'll start with you dave champ well champ i guess in its essence it is a shortening of the word champion which is usually something positive um well you you learn something every day don't you well man that's where i'll finish my dissertation no but it is it's a word that has positive connotations but has been used so subversively in, in in modern linguistics in australia so 
G'day champ. You know, it sounds good on paper, but if you actually think about the, the tone and the, the delivery and who's giving it to who, it's, it's basically an alphaing, which is another word that probably someone else can describe to you. Oh, did I alpha Perry at the beginning of the interview? I didn't even realize I was doing it. So, 100%. Thanks, champ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the word champ acts like it acts to subvert the person that you're ah. speaking to. So often, like, you know, if you have a coffee in the morning and a barista will say, there's your weak skin latte, champ, ah. you know, it makes you feel inferior mm. automatically. Right. Is that like Dahl? You yeah. know when older ladies at tuck shops call you doll? Mm. Is that I the same so. thing? I think so. Mm. It's yes. exactly the same thing, Rose. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> when people used to go champion, I used to think it was really sweet, and I just I, yeah, I dread yeah. it now. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam, do you want to have a crack at alphering? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I guess it. <laughs> I guess it kind of derives from the uh, sort of like natural science linguistic field of like out the alpha male and the beta male, etc. When you're talking about say. Um, you know, the animal kingdom. Um, and, you know, grade cricket is very similar to the animal kingdom in many ways. Sure, so sure. Uh, it's yeah. really important to succeed in grade cricket. Um, it's very important to be alpha to succeed in grade cricket. I mean, people think cricket's a game of numbers and statistics where, you know, you should essentially, you know, be rewarded based on meritocracy. It's not like that at all. Mm. If you have bigger biceps, if you have bigger chest, if you have a deeper voice, if you're taller, uh, um, you tend to get more advantages in grade cricket than uh, someone who might be none of those things, but yeah. is quite good at the game. Right. Um, so, you know, what, what, it's, it's like an unwritten rule of cricket is to, is to be out for at all times um, and at all costs yep. if you uh, want to succeed. Natural selection, um, basically. So, yeah. Right. That seems to be a beautiful segue mm. into my next term because, Ian, you look like the fit one of the group. What's a rig? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, Christian. You're asking two questions. Then. Uh, <laughs> the, the rig is the male torso, specifically. Never legs. The rig never involves legs. Anyone who's wasting their time doing legs in the gym is is doing exactly that, wasting their time. Get rid of leg day. Good to hear. The importance of biceps mm. and, and skin folds is, it cannot be underestimated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I lost, lost myself. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah, I lost yeah. myself in Chris's eyes. Really. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, having huge biceps, I'm thinking yeah, Mitch yeah. Marsh, you know, Mitch but, Marsh got back in the team for having mm. huge biceps and didn't he play well, but that's yeah. beside the point because he was looking good in that shirt, a crisp Australian shirt, <laughs> hugging his biceps yeah. tightly. You know, yeah. chest to bicep ratio is just, I mean, profoundly important. And so I, I assume you're thrilled by the advent of the Big Bash because you're getting a lot yeah. more content on your screen each week now? Yes, very much so. But even the two words big and bash is just alpha in itself. Like right. it, it just implies yeah. alphadom yeah, right. and rigs. It does sound like a wrestling pay-per-view, isn't it? <laughs> I'll see you at the Big Bash, brother! <laughs> <laughs> and I'll throw this open. Circuit. What's a Circuit. Guys? Well, generally a circuit is a night out. Yes. It's a post-match activity. Mm. It usually involves at least three bars. So that you, you finish your game, regardless of whether you won or lost, you will need to consume alcohol and copious amounts of it. Sure, so you'll sure. either do that firstly in the change room and then on preferably a triangular-shaped circuit, yes. geographically speaking, you'll yes. go from one bar to the next bar and just progressively get looser and looser. Mm. And the stories and the, the interactions you'll have with members of the opposite sex or the same sex, whichever way you're inclined, mm. will shape that circuit and the infamy of it. And then you'll obviously <laughs> regale everyone else with the stories on the Tuesday at training. Lot, That's lot a of, circuit. A lot of research involved in... A lot of peer-reviewed papers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so why don't we turn to the second book, which is called Tea and No Sympathy. Can, by the way, can you buy it anywhere? Is, I mean, is it available at any outlet? What's the deal? Yeah, <laughs> any, all, the, all the bookstores, <laughs> yeah. some bad ones as well. Uh, right, um, yeah. BW Dimmicks, the classics, right. online, booktoby.com.au. Uh, readings, our publisher, uh, Alan and Unwin. Nice. All, all the greats. Lovely. Someone gives me a call, I'll send them a copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Along around. But uh, mm. I, I, I've really, really enjoyed the second book because I thought that the first book established the character, the great cricketer, and of course, all the other people in the book, the likes of the 
the Nugsies and mm. the Laras and all the people that make up the great cricketer's life. Yeah. What's the premise for the second book? How did you squeeze more juice out of what I thought would have been a lemon that had seen <laughs> Well, we thought that ourselves. And then we, uh, we got together at the start of 2017. It says, do we go around again? Mm. The classic great cricket question. Do we go around again for another season? And we thought mm. we've got to give it, we owe it to ourselves. And we thought we had more juice in the tank, as you say. Um, so basically the first book, as you mentioned earlier, was a bit of a faux autobiography in that we had to establish the grey cricketer. We had to establish these characters that you mentioned um, and kind of tell the story of his failure to make it as a cricketer in the amateur circles. He always mm-hmm. wanted to be a test cricketer, never quite made it. And in the end of the first book, he was kind of nudging 30, not really going anywhere, both on and off the field. So we picked the uh, second book up, I guess, a couple of years down the track. Mm. He's still playing cricket. And it, uh, it picks up and he's in a third grade grand final. Mm. Um, this is the ultimate thing for him. You know, he's never won a premiership. Uh, this, this could be everything for him. But uh, I guess he is, he's uh, given an offer from a trusted teammate, mm. um, which is uh, cusping on a topical issue in match fixing. He's, he's uh, mm. I guess, Alfred, <laughs> if you will, to uh, fix a third grade encounter. <laughs> and that, um, I guess, that makes him question everything about cricket and his friendship circles that he's in. And he suddenly sees himself in a different light. He sees cricket in a different light and he actually leaves the game that he loves so much for a while. And the rest of the story is real about him reconciling that incident and also his own relationship with cricket and um, things like his relationship with his own (laughs) partner, uh, his friendship circles, his career. It's all in there. It's all about Australian males trying to grow up and failing. Mm. Obviously (laughs) self-reflective, self-reflective of the three of you. The Australian dream. (laughs) (laughs) The trusted friend is Nugsy, of course. Yes. Uh, Your version of the silent man, I guess, from the uh, (laughs) recent revelations about, about the ashes. But uh, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit, uh, I stumble on this particular question, but there's, there's one section of the book that I think absolutely kills and that's the father son cricket match. So one of the tweets that you had was uh, from the, the Twitter feed was dad's been putting gaffer tape on a tennis ball since August and has an arsenal of decent sledges. Mm. I am not looking forward to Christmas. You seem to tap into the essence in the book of what fathers yeah. and sons mean to each other, don't you? Absolutely, Chris. I mean, the, the father-son match is, is a thing that happens in reality. I mean, yeah. I, in my own young career as a, in year six at school, I came into a father-son match and my dad actually bowled me first ball. Um, and he, really? didn't, he didn't celebrate wildly like in the book, mm. but um, emotionally, internally, he was elated. Mm. I thought and then, you couldn't get out first ball. Well, that's what I tried to tell dad. And then all the other fathers also tried to tell him. Yep. And then he said, no, pack your bags, mate. That's get in that car. Bullshit. Tell your story. Take the train walking. down the North Shore back home. You're off. Go. <laughs> Don't come back. He's got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Now, boys, uh, look, as you can see, Chris, really, this is about uh, this is therapy for us, really. Yeah. Uh, this is essentially one big therapy session right in the great cricketer where we, uh, we do call on stories that we grew up with and um, essentially try and reconcile them. And we're five years in and I'm not sure if we're uh, worse in a worse place. Than we start. And, and you're getting some pocket change for it, which is incredible. Yeah. L- literally pocket change. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds nice. Well, from dad. Yeah. What? Now, boys, looking forward. I mean, the great cricketer has been such a success and, uh, you know, it's rolling on. Uh, when they make the movie, and when they will make the movie, who's going to play the great cricketer? <laughs> um, Brendan Cow. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I can sort that out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Brendan yeah. Julian Pez, but yeah. that's obviously the second next best option. <laughs> uh, um, no we way. have thought about this, though, but we've never really come up with that person who can embody the great cricketer. But can, he, can I make a comment on this? Yeah, yeah go on, please. Know, given that I wasn't asked the question. <laughs> yeah. What I find, and I played... <laughs> 
cricket, mainly yeah, sitting uh, yeah, you know, with a rig. Yeah. Two test um, wickets. Yeah, yeah, two test wickets. <laughs> I played a bit of grade, mm. and it scarred me for life. Yeah. But I, I tended to play 35 over, 35 overs of innings Saturday afternoon. My club was mm. called Wyvern, and we played a club called Urala at a place called Goddard Park in Concord. Every scene on the field in your two books is at Urella. <laughs> yeah. At, you know, at, Con- yeah. at, at Goddard. And, and unfortunately, because I've met Sam before, I met you two good looking roosters. The great cricketer is Sam. Right. And, and I think so that's. He just play it. So, well, I'm not so sure. I just think it's just, it's just a brilliant way for people to project. I, I don't know. Maybe so I think, we it, need, we I need think an it should be animated. We it's need a blank a, canvas. Ooh, animated. I think it should be animated. Yeah. Claymation, maybe. That's a bit. That's a bit hard, though. <laughs> it takes a while. It was like, Claymation. <laughs> we, just to, we just need to find an actor that looks like Sam Wallace Perry. and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. 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 Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> well, a day on the green with Wallace and Gromit. I think it's, we could do Team America. Puppets. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was last Christmas when I was, uh, you know, home with my parents and I was, I was talking to an aunt who's not an aunt and she was asking her how it's going and I was going, it's going un believably well um and uh and she said well have you thought about television and truth be told we have we have discussed it a little bit and she sure. said well who would play hugh jack i mean who, who would play who would play, <laughs> who the would play hugh jackman I've already given don't kill the joke and she said you know what about Matt hugh Dane. jackman yeah. and and i thought you know he he may be busy for this you know look, I, don't... Look, I don't think you should write <laughs> hugh off i mean he's putting the claws down he's done with the x-men movies he needs a new you know a new avenue something different to what he's done before great cricketer i I'm, think it's great i'm not sure the, the mm. people are flocking to the greatest showman that just got released. Oh, really? No. <laughs> I mean, circus movie seems to have done their dash. And look, guys, you've already pointed out that basically you're doing this for the love. So you're deep through a Twitter feed at two books now, uh, a, a podcast, and you're making no money. Is the way to turn the great cricketer into commercial success, apart from the Hollywood blockbuster, <laughs> the speaking circuit? Speaking of circuits, have you have you have you got onto that situation where you're out there? Uh, making us all laugh in uh, in front of a rubber chicken and a couple of bottles of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to steal champagne. Rodney Hogg's grass, yeah, because right. right. he's got that nailed yeah. down. Yeah, you know, that corporate <laughs> speaking circuit, those yeah. five figure deals. Mm-hmm. We don't want to cut his grass. He's a right. luminary of Australian cricket. Yeah, right. You just you read off the cricket score, then smash a watermelon into the crowd. That'd be <laughs> saying saying that. Of course, we are available for all public anything, speaking. anything. Yeah. Great yeah. cricketer yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> Weddings, bar mitzvahs, you name it. Twenty first, yeah. And Sam, are you the internet? national division trying to spread the message spread the gospel oh yeah that's exactly right that's why i came over here i mean i was a little uh miffed to, to hear you say that it hasn't been a commercial success i, I did just pay rent uh for three years ago from um the proceeds of the book but i uh, know we have had it i mean there, there are quite a few fans in england you know and pe- people in england um do feel like they relate to it as well we were lucky enough to speak with um former England opening batsman Mark Butcher the other day, uh, we asked him whether you know, people in England relate to this great cricketer character and he went on a tirade about how uh, you know Australian cricketers are sort of full of their own exceptionalism and, and all, all these characters exist all over the world. So um, it has been good to meet people here in uh, in London, and yeah, hopefully we can spread um, you know to to France and uh, the Middle East and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I think China first before France. Yeah, China first. Yeah, it's more lucrative. Get a good point. Twenty first, yeah, eighteenth oh, century. Although French cricket. One yeah. really burning issue that I just like a quick yes no response from each you on uh, the Renaissance of the Marshes. Good thing, yes or no. Well, it's almost like we're going back in time to, um, you know, a time when rigs meant everything. You know, we've got Hanscom, you know, we went to this new cerebral style of Australian cricketer, but now we're just going back to blokes with big chests, which I'm all for. I'm putting it down as a yes, Dave. 
Yeah. Um, yes, because Sean Marsh playing a cover drive looks good, and uh, his brother Mitch in a shirt looks good. Right, Sam. <laughs> Sam. No, uh, you know I thought we were going forward, but um, uh, no, it's, it's all just back to rigs and pipes now. And uh, you know, well, if you're trying to sign up Brendan Cowell to play the great cricketer, you better do the negotiations because he is apoplectic about the return. <laughs> he also has quite Marshes. a rig. That that, <laughs> that man. Yeah. <laughs> His Game of Thrones work is good. He was left for, left for dead on a beach last season, but yeah. I reckon he'll and be back. And he sure knows how to... Yeah, yeah. And he really knows how to hit a circuit, yeah. too. If I could quote... Well done, Rose. It sounded really natural when you said that. I'm learning. Yeah. If I could quote you guys one more time, I could chat to a 79-year-old umpire for a week and a half about the front foot no ball rule, but I have no idea how to talk to a woman. <laughs> Uh, Rose and I are in that category, but we've really enjoyed the opportunity to have a chat with the great cricketer, Ian, Dave, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck with the book. Good luck with all your cricketing aspirations and forays. And may we live in a world where we go 5-0 in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you, Sam. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, champ.